Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. Lift high the name of Jesus and then all hail the power of Jesus' name. Lift high the name of Jesus, of Jesus, our King. Make known the power of His grace, the beauty of His peace. Remember how His mercy reached, and we cried out to Him. He lifted us to solid ground, to freedom from our sin. Oh, sing, my soul, and tell all he's done, till the earth and heavens are filled with his glory. Lift high the name of Jesus, of Jesus our Lord. His power in us is greater than, is greater than this world. To serve with love and grace That all who see Him shine through us Might bring the Father praise Oh, sing my soul And tell all He's done Till the earth and heavens are filled with His glory All hail the power of Jesus prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. He chose in seed of Israel's race. As we celebrate week after week on Sunday mornings, your resurrection, the Christian faith, as we trust in you and look to you, I pray that you would be with us this morning as we celebrate in prayer and in song, as we look into your holy word, I pray that you help us to draw nearer to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Some years ago, the first year that I did uh, a Donut Sunday, I showed you a little video from World War I. And donuts, believe it or not, really didn't become the thing that they are today until about that time. And people at home would make their donuts, and it became kind of a symbol of the warmth, uh, the smell. It became a symbol of home. World War One, our our doughboys were in danger, a lot of peril, 
And the Red Cross came up with the idea of sending a little bit, Salvation Army, not the Red Cross, Salvation Army came up with a, a plan to bring a little bit of home to all the boys overseas. And this is a little video to just remind us how that World War I kind of brought to the American mindset the home feel of a donut. So let's go ahead and play this. Pennies, nickels, dimes, and quarters, hear them ring. Oh, what joy and oh, what bliss those coins can bring. For now our boys are landing at our shores every day. This is what you're bound to hear them say. Don't forget the Salvation Army. Always remember my donut girl. She brought them donuts and just like an angel, she was their best pal As brave as a lion, but meek as a lamb She carried on beside the sons of Uncle Sam So don't forget the Salvation Army Remember my donut girl Glory, hallelujah, you will hear them shout Helping any stranger who is down and out Humanity uplifting in their most cheerful way Is it any wonder that we say Don't forget the Salvation Army Always remember my donut girl She brought them donuts and coffee Just like an angel she was there as brave as a lion, but meek as a lamb She carried on beside the sons of Uncle Sam So don't forget the Salvation Army Remember my donut girl And so Donut Sunday is about home It's about welcome you home to your church as we go into the fall, go into the winter after that, uh, there's just something warm, something home, just something comfortable about sitting down and having a donut. So thank you for coming for Donut Sunday this morning. Presence of this 
classes for every age from adults all the way down through and in the adult and teen classes right now we're studying about thriving in stressful times and actually it applied very much to that choir song that when you don't understand all the things that are going on in life you just come before the Lord and bow the knee rest and trust in him learning about thriving during stressful times so come come to Bible hour 930 Sunday mornings I have a couple announcements to make but part of that is, I'm going to introduce Steve and Deb. They're going to come and sing a couple songs for us. Uh, and while you're setting up to do that, I'm going to make my announcements. But I want to introduce who you are. Steve and Deb, I have known ever since we were college students together. In fact, Sandra Joe and I had our very, very first date with these guys on the day of their oldest child's first birthday. That's going back a long time, isn't it? Uh, that little boy is now a professor at a university. Um, but they have been in the ministry for many, many years. Part of their ministry for years too was traveling and singing as well as pastoring. They're retired now, enjoying the golden years because they're so much older than I am. And, um, but they're gonna come and they're gonna sing. They're gonna sing a couple songs for us. Good morning. I am available uh, for anyone who has questions about your pastor's deep, dark secrets. <laughs> yes, we did go on their first date. We went out on Sunshine to G's East Wind. I don't know if I'd ever been to a Chinese restaurant before that night. I introduced you to do it. Yeah, I, I had hang chow chicken, I think. Is what it was. I, don't know, I don't remember what you had, but that was in 70. I was too smitten to remember what yeah, I had. Well, you were smitten. 
That's right, yeah. Well, anyway, about a, about a year ago, uh, Tim and I talk occasionally, consoling each other about issues in ministry, and, uh, and Tim said, uh, he said, you should come out next week because we're having Donut Sunday. And, you know, of course, he made it so that there was no possible way that we could get there in a week because we live in the other corner of the United States. And, uh, but he, I said, well, we'll come next year. So we've done that and we are here uh, enjoying the hospitality. If you ever get to stay with these, of course, you probably don't get to stay with them because you probably have houses of your own. Uh, they are really amazing hosts and we have just been having a great time and have been seeing some of the beauty of the area. We're praying for frost so that the leaves will change and all the colors will come earlier than normal because we, we have to leave. Uh, <laughs> pastor, the pastor is insisting, you know, that we will go. But anyway, uh, we would like to just share a couple of songs uh, this morning. And uh, my golden years, I gold in my teeth. You know, I mean, you know, it's that, that those are the golden years. And, and uh, my voice is not what it used to be. But my wife has retained hers very well. So I'm very, uh, very happy that God has. Now, I didn't, John, where is John? Right yes. Do I turn this thing up or is somebody else going to? Yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you should be fine. All right. Good. Thank you. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love, too vast and astounding to tell. Forever existing in worlds above, now offered and given to all. O fountain of beauty eternal, the Father, the Spirit, the Son, sufficient and endlessly generous, magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. Creation is brimming with thankfulness, the mountains exultant they stand. The seasons rejoice in your faithfulness, all life is sustained by your hand. You crown every meadow with color, you paint every shade in the sky. Each day the dawn wakes as an encore of Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. How great, how sure, His love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. What grace that you entered our brokenness you came in the fullness of time. How far we had fallen from righteousness, but not from the mercies of Christ. Your cross is our door to redemption. Your death is our fullness of life. That day how forgiveness flowed as a flood. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. How great, how sure, His love endures forevermore. Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love. United in your resurrection, you lift us to infinite heights. Could anything sever or take us from Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love How great, how sure His love endures forevermore Magnificent, marvelous, matchless love How great, how sure His love Endures forevermore. 
Christmas in marvelous, matchless love. Oh. 
I'd like you to take your Bibles with me, if you would please, and turn to Proverbs chapter 9. I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 6. Title of our message this morning is, The House is Built. The House is Built. It's a proclamation. This morning we came for Donut Sunday, and I told you it kind of ties in for me because it's kind of homey. Uh... Homemade donuts certainly remind me of my grandparents. I'd go to my grandparents and my grandma Abbott. Uh, when I was a kid, I had no idea that people called grandparents all different kinds of names. I only knew my grandma Taylor and my grandma Abbott. That was as uh, creative as we were with grandparent names. But my grandma Abbott made wonderful, phenomenal homemade donuts. But my grandma Taylor made amazing rabbit bread, which was nothing but fried bread dough, but it was amazing. And those things represent home, that feeling of home. When we come to this text here in Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 down through 6, you find that it starts, starts off by saying, Wisdom hath builded her house. Wisdom hath builded her house. I want you to listen as I read to you in the book of James, Chapter 3, verse 17. And here it lists out to us some things about wisdom. It says, Wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. When we start talking about wisdom in the Bible, wisdom is something that is powerfully uh, a picture throughout the scriptures. Wisdom can be a picture of Christ himself. But wisdom also can be a picture of what we need in our personal lives as far as attributes and characteristics, as I just read to you in the book of James. Here, when we start in Proverbs chapter 9, and it talks about the house that wisdom built, it's kind of going to come down through and remind us of the things that we need in our lives, in our church, in our homes, even in our community. It says, wisdom hath builded her house and she hath hewn it out of seven pillars. In the Bible, the number seven is really a, a, a number that reflects perfection or completion. And it's saying that wisdom has gone ahead and built its house in completion and perfection. You and I certainly, when it comes to our homes, when we were newlyweds, we set out on a track to build the perfect home. Better than our parents, because surely we were wiser and more understanding with so much more insight than our parents. But then it wasn't long before we realized, you know what? Maybe my parents were so much brighter than I thought they were. And we realized that we had a long trek ahead to build the perfect home, the perfect family. The reality is there is no perfect home. There is no perfect family. There's no perfect church. But God sets a standard for which we can reach towards. And here he says, wisdom has built her, built her house and she hath hewn it out of her seven pillars, those pillars of perfection. And then as you come down, you find wisdom at work as, as wisdom carries forth its work in verses two down through. Verse two, it says, she hath killed her beasts she hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her tables. It's interesting when you look at that text where it says that she hath killed her beast. I kind of look at that in multiple layers. You know, she may have killed her beast in harvesting, providing for her family or home, or maybe even defending. When we come to the New Testament, when it comes to provision, it's interesting the Bible talks about the word of God being the milk of the word and the meat of the word. And so when we start talking about wisdom building her perfect house, 
And it starts talking about her harvesting and providing the meat. Then we ourselves in our home, in our church, we understand if we're going to strive towards building our perfect home, where we can sit and have our cider donuts and the warmth of harmony, then we have to start with the meat of the word. Have to start with the nourishment of God's word that we ourselves might be strong. It should be our objective, our goal to start each day meditating upon what God has for us in his word. Take a moment to contemplate and to consider, read some scripture. Let the meat of the word feed you in yourself, in your home, that you might be strong. She continues there in verse 2. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. It's an interesting turn of phrase considering the Hebrews in the time of those ancient days. When it talks about mingling the wine, it's taking the different fruits and mixing them together to make that juice that would be fuller, more robust, more flavorful than just singular. And isn't it interesting the way that in our homes, we try to make our houses more flavorful, more fuller. Uh, the other last Wednesday night, Carter Norris, I think I saw him back here. I'm not sure. He's over here. He's all the way over here. He rotates through the sanctuary. I don't know. But Carter brought to, to church Wednesday night a beautiful bouquet of flowers and gave them to Sandra Joe. And I thought it was so wonderful. And so those are sitting on our counter at home. And when we walk in the house, in fact, Steve and Deb were gone and they came in the other day and Deb said, oh, such beautiful flowers. It adds a little something else to the house, doesn't it? It's kind of like real estate agents that say, when you go to sell your house, bake a homemade apple pie before the showing. Why? So that it's just a little fuller, a little better. It just shines and sparkles and feels like home. And here, wisdom built upon her house. And she mixed and mingled so that there'd be a fuller taste, a fuller refreshment in what is there. And you and I, as we work, as we let God add to us and benefit us in our person, as a whole person, we mix his truths so that we have a balanced life in our home, our church, our person. As wisdom builds us, we can be that fuller person. It says, she hath killed her beasts, she hath mingled her wine, she hath also furnished her table. It's the idea of furnishing the table means that it's complete and it's ready. It's ready for whatever is at hand. Uh, Sandra, Joe, and I, we have eight grandchildren. And on that rare occasion when our children and the eight grandchildren and us get together, it's a houseful. This summer we did a vacation together and we made reservations at a restaurant and the guy asked us, how many are you bringing? And I think it was 14. And he said, 14. There was a hesitancy there. They was busy. It was on the Cape. It was in summer. One of these restaurants where they got the big outside area as well as the inside packed. But when we got there, the table was made ready. Everything was set up across. We had to kind of weave our way through the crowd. But when we got to our table, it was ready. And that's what God is saying to you and I. Wisdom has made her table ready in our lives. You may wonder, what are the answers? How am I going to be the husband or wife I should be? How am I going to be the mother or father I should be? How am I going to be the uh, employee that I should be as I grow through life? How am I going to be the retiree that I should be? Well, I need to go to the table that's made ready. I need to go to wisdom. And ask God, show me and help me. Help me to understand how do I face each stage of life? How do I face, 
face each event of life and be fully prepared, as prepared as I can be, as I seek the truths of wisdom. As we come down verses 3 through 6, we find that he lays out for us the message. Listen as I read to you verses 3 down through 6. It says, She has sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Wisdom wants everybody to know. That's what's so great about the wisdom of God. It's not a hidden message. It's not a secret message. You and I from ages past, all the way back to Genesis, all the way to ages future, to the book of Revelation, we have wisdom at hand. And wisdom's maidens cry forth their truths so that you and I might know. The only thing hidden about this wisdom is our laziness of not going to it, not reading it, not searching it, not understanding it. In my, in my office, I have bookshelves of books because back in the old days when Steve and I went into the ministry, there were no computers, or at least not PCs. They had computers, but they would have filled this room. So back in the old days, really back in your day more than mine, <laughs> we bought books. So we, you know, you'd, you'd watch for sales and you'd buy commentaries and, and books to help you study the scriptures and know the scriptures. Well, now here we are in the year 2022. And when I take those books off the shelf, I blow the dust off the tops. Because in reality, I have in my computer almost all the books on my shelves. So when I go to do a Bible study to prepare for Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night, of which I encourage you to come to all those services, for they're all different. But when I go to prepare, I go in there and I click on Logos, my Bible study or another one, and I have lists of books I can access. But you have to access them. Whether they're on the shelf or electronically. I don't have my phone with me, but some of you, you brought your Bible this morning to church electronically. Hold your electronic Bible up. I see several all through the sanctuary. But you have to turn it on, don't you? You have to listen to wisdom's maidens cry forth. That's what the text says. She sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. But we must go ahead and put our ear to the window and we've got to listen and hear what the maidens of wisdom have to say. If we turn a deaf ear, then we will never have that house of wisdom built upon seven pillars. As he comes down in verse 4, it continues. Verse 3 said, She hath sent forth her maidens, she crieth upon the high places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him. Now maybe at first, maybe you're a little insulted. You say to yourself, well, I'm not a simpleton. No, but every one of us needs to want understanding. That's so key to life. That whole idea of I already know, I already know it all. I don't need to know anymore. Don't try to teach me because I can't learn. Oh, that's such a dead end, isn't it? We all have so much to learn. There's so much more we can learn in life. And here the scripture says, Wisdom's maidens cry out. We've got to listen. He says those are simple. Those who want understanding, they need to hear. And every one of us in this room this morning, 
One of the beauties of coming together to God's house is we want to know. That's why we're here. We want to sing our praises to God. We want to turn our hearts in prayer. And we want to hear what the Bible has to say. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said to me, well, I've gone to church for years and years, but the church I go to doesn't open the Bible. See, the Bible is what we're about. If the day comes that we get up to preach and we don't have our Bible, something happened. Something's wrong. Because we want to hear wisdom's cry. We want to hear the seven pillars of wisdom's house. We want to know what God has for us in our lives. And yes, we are those who seek to know those who need to understand. As we come down to verse 5, it says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. The house of wisdom calls to us all. Come. Come to the bread of life. Come. Come to know Christ. Come to know the shed blood of Christ. When we have communion at a Sunday night service, we'll go ahead and we'll have that juice that represents the shed blood of Jesus. And we'll have that unleavened bread that represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. And I say, come. Come eat of my bread and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live. Don't you love that? Come to a place where you yourself, you say, yes, it's time to forsake the foolish and live. Life is worth living. I feel bad when people become so discouraged that they hate the life they live. Oh, life is such a gift. Every day, every breath, it's a gift. The other day I was at Marty and Dave's and Marty is in the very last stages of advanced cancer. And we were just sitting and chatting. And as we were chatting, I was looking, she has, she has sparkling blue eyes. And she was, she was, her head was kind of on the pillow and I was sitting chatting with her and she's just looking at me. And to be honest, it just kind of broke my heart. Because Marty is a person who lived her whole life serving God in youth camps all across the eastern half of the United States. And she was just kind of staring at me. Marty loved life. She loves life. This morning, Dave called me as I was preparing up in my office. He said, Pastor, when I went in her room this morning, uh, she was unresponsive and and she, he said, I called 911 and they, they're taking her to the hospital. But Marty loved life. And you know, the interesting thing is she went to college to be a nurse. But she married a guy who was a chef at youth camps. Well, every youth camp only has one nurse. It's hard to get that job. But every youth camp needs a lot of housekeepers. So she laid her nursing degree aside to become the head of housekeeping so that she could serve God with her husband in youth camps all over the Northeast. Isn't that amazing? To say, I want to live this life and I'm willing to make changes in my life to embrace my life. Life is worth living. It's worth making adjustments. It's worth the sacrifices. It's worth grabbing the opportunities. You and I as Christians, we are blessed with the presence of the Lord in our hearts and lives. We are blessed with the eternal hope of all that God has for us in heaven. And each day in our lives, 
whether it be the struggles or the victories, he is there with us. Wisdom. Wisdom hath built her house. And wisdom cries out and tells us, forsake the foolish and live. And it's not just about living this life. It's about living eternal life. That's where our hope rests. Christ says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. And it's, this life is, we are passing through. Sojourners. A vapor, the Bible says, that appears for a time and that is gone. And then we are in our heavenly home. Those people you love, who have gone on before you. The scriptures teach us they are part of the great observatory of life. And someday, we will be there too. So wisdom tells us, as she cries forth with her maidens, Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. We are privileged people. We are gifted with the understanding of God's word. Think of all those folks around you who their moms and dads never pointed to the word of God. Their grandma and grandpa, they never mentioned faith in God. Think of all those co-workers, those neighbors, those friends, who in the morning when they wake up, they have no hope past that day, that moment. Because they don't know the wisdom of God. You and I need to link arms with the maidens of wisdom. And we need to say, hey, there is something better. We can work together. Yes, we'll never be perfect, but we can strive towards that house of wisdom built with seven pillars in our life, in our home, in our church. We just have to take the truths of God, believe them and apply them, and keep on keeping on. Because life is worth the living. I'd like you to bow your heads with me as we come to the end of the service this morning. And as your head is bowed, I just want to take a moment. I want to ask you, have you come to Christ for salvation? I told you wisdom is an amazing picture of Christ. As he talks about the bread of life and the wine, the shed blood of Jesus. Oh, if you haven't received Christ, please do so today. For I want you to have a heavenly home. Christian, are you part of the maidens who are calling forth? Calling all those to hear and know. Are you teaching your grandkids, your kids? Are you talking to your neighbors, your friends? Sharing the hope of the message of wisdom. Father in heaven, as we depart today, I pray that you would lead us and guide us in life. It is a gift. Thank you. I pray that you help us to embrace your wisdom and build our houses upon the seven pillars. We thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As we're dismissed, if there's more donuts, you are welcome for a donut on the way out. I believe Brother John is going to close us in one verse. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. Dismissed this morning.